Welcome to the Positive View Podcast, the podcast where we explore life circumstances, mental roadblocks, and endless opportunity to discover the positive view. I'm your host, Brianna G. And I'm your other host, Christy Murphy. This week, we're discussing stepping outside of your comfort zone and staying positive. Yep, but before we get into that, at the end of each episode, we set a mission for ourselves. This mission for this last couple of weeks was to examine an uncertainty in our lives and think about what our best self or someone we admire would give us as advice. Christy, how did that go for you? You know, this went really well for me. I'm, I have a lot of uncertainty in my life because I have my own business and I've had a lot of ups and downs regarding my health. And this week I was faced with a choice. There was something that I'd really wanted to do. It was a workshop that I wanted to attend, but it was a bit of money that was for, you know, just for a day. And I was thinking about not registering for it, even though I really wanted to do it. I'm like, yeah, but do I really need it? Do I really whatever? And I thought, hey, what would Rich Christie do? Do you know what I mean? Like, what would you do if you had you know, even a modicum more money than you do have. And I was like, I'd absolutely register. And I went, well, then you're going to register and you're just going to find the money for it. Uh, So I did, I registered for that course. It's a launching the future course by, um, I can't remember the name of the Susan Lyons. There we go. It's Susan Lyons launching your future. And I deliberately friended her on Facebook with hopes that she would do this course again, because I took it over 20 years ago and I loved it. And she did. It showed up in my feed. And yeah, so I had that brief moment where I hesitated, which is not mm-hmm. normally like me, but I'm like, is this fiscally responsible? Because I've spent some money on coaching and I've spent some money on accountability groups and I've spent money on new equipment. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm running a business and I'm in the red right now. And I just went, no, this is an investment in me. I'm going to go for it. And so I spent the money and I am very happy even though I don't know how it's going to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you're you're staying positive about it. I think that's great. It sounds really exciting just what you've shared here and then talking about it uh you and I talking about it before uh we started the episode. I think it's it's exciting and I can't wait to hear how it goes. Um for me this this mission, I think I'll say I did half of it. <laughs> so, uh I, I mean, I shared in our previous episode, the reason I wanted to touch on uncertainty is because I too have a fair amount of it right now. And so I feel like I did, I spent plenty of time uh, thinking about the uncertainty in my life. Unfortunately, I just never quite made it to that next step of thinking about it from the perspective of, or thinking about what my future self or my best self, um, how how that advice would shake out. And so that's okay. I feel like in recognizing that I missed that last possibly very vital stuff, I think that speaks quite a bit about where my headspace is and is just a nice reminder or a a, a really good, um, I'll call it a boost or a push uh, to let you kind of tell myself or, or, or recognize, I guess, I've spent plenty of time thinking about it. Um, and now it's moving into the next step, which is either give my, you know, find a way to give myself advice from a, my best self or future self, or um, to, to talk about um, 
to get into it rather from a perspective of it's time to just take a step or, or take a step outside of my comfort zone. Um, so yeah, so I will say I half did it. I get, I get a 50%, which in this case is, you know, not as bad as it sounds. <laughs> exactly. And I, I know what you mean because um, one of the reasons why we started with like dealing with an uncertainty was because a lot of uncertainty makes us uncomfortable. And that's why this week's episode, we are actually, and you brought it up, stepping, we're talking about stepping outside of your comfort zone and remaining positive while doing it. So when I say stepping outside of your comfort zone, Brianna, what does that mean to you? Oh my goodness. (laughs) I think it can, uh, oh boy. Stepping outside the comfort zone means for me, uh, trying something or going for something or making a decision about something uh, in which I am not relatively certain about the outcome. So uh, usually I feel like I can, I feel like I can make some moves, <laughs> but I tend to play it relatively safe. And if I'm making a move, I've really probably thought about it quite a bit. And I have weighed the outcome to be a positive one or a successful one. And when I think about stepping outside my comfort zone, it is into something that I maybe not only have not done before, uh, but again, I'm not necessarily certain of the outcome. And I think the other thing that I think of when stepping outside my comfort zone is I have a tendency to, you know, and, and I don't think that this is, that I'm unique in this, but the bigger, like the more important something is to me or the more value, I suppose, I place on whatever it is um, that I'm interested in. I think that too makes the comfort of going for it, um, makes that more uncomfortable or makes it feel like I'm stepping out of my comfort zone. Because of course, the more value I place on something, the bigger the disappointment might be of not having that thing work out. And so you know, using the example of maybe going for a new job. Um, Last year, when I was looking at uh, transitioning out of my previous role, I was looking at different options. And uh, the one that I took, um, I would say, was definitely outside of my comfort zone, in a way, in that I was leaving something that I just knew for 11 years. But at the same time, I knew I could do the job. And so while I was uncomfortable leaving my previous role, I was stepping into something that I may not know, I didn't know exactly what it would turn out to be, but I knew that I could do it. And so I feel like um, now looking at it from this perspective, it's stepping into something that I don't know how it's going to be. And I don't know I don't know if I'm going to be good at it or if it's going to be successful. That to me is definitely, I am step, when when that happens, I am way outside my comfort zone. Yes, I totally relate to that. I do think that the level of risk that we're comfortable with has a lot to do with what we consider our comfort zone and what it means to step out of it. And it's very interesting for me because I grew up a very anxious kid. I was very anxious. Everything, I had this thing where I couldn't, and I've mentioned it a couple of times, but it's so odd. I would be anxious about 
sharpening my pencil in front of the class because I didn't want them to see my butt wiggle. Do you know, like when you turn it, you would, your butt would move. And for some reason, I don't know why I couldn't let anybody see my butt move, but I just didn't like it. Uh And there was like all kinds of things that terrified me. Um, Clowns, uh, the amusement park, dolls, uh, certain dolls, not all dolls, but dolls creep me out. Um, that talking Tina episode of the Twilight Zone really did a number on me. Um, sharks. There was a lot of things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what was very interesting for me was that in order for me to just move through the world as a kid, I had to constantly do things that terrified me and pretend like I was okay. And I think one of the strange luxuries that I've gotten from that is it wasn't until I got older that I actually felt comfort in the world, even in the slightest. Mm -hmm. And so my, the amount of comfort I've had stepping, the amount of comfort I've had being uncomfortable is just surprising to me. Mm -hmm. And it's always like, for me, um, I don't know if when you're a kid, like you only knew it account to a certain number. It was like one, two, three, many, you know, where you see those little kids that just don't get like, there's like five candies and so might as well be a million. Or if you told me to wait even better as a kid, if you told me to wait till like three weeks from now, my brain as a child could not comprehend time. Mm-hmm. And it would just be like, oh, next month means we're never going to do this. That day will never come. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that was how my brain registered it. And so for me as a kid, the difference between jumping off like some sort of sky, like some sort of horrible ride or whatever going on that felt every bit as terrible as having to brush, I'm uh, not my brush, sharpen my pencil, mm-hmm. right? So everything was terrifying. So I could do anything. <laughs> it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Oh, is this just one of those things that we have to do because it's terrible? Fine. And as a result, I remember... <laughs> You telling me when I got my carpal tunnel surgery and they just put like a a tourniquet on it and a little bit of mild um, uh, anesthesia. And I was a little miffed because I thought there would be a curtain so I couldn't see them cutting into my hand. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just had to like look away and they kept trying to show me stuff. And I said, that's not really necessary. He did let me pick out, like, I think I got to pick between the Bee Gees and Billy Joel on the music. So I did have some semblance of control, Brianna. Mm-hmm. But um, I remember you saying, why were you awake? And um, I think some people still do stay awake for that. But I actually looked it up and a lot of people are not conscious during that surgery. Uh, and why did I freak out? Well, I'm sure they were pumping some sort of chemical through me, but also, um, I'm just used to being terrified. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm uniquely qualified to talk about stepping outside of your comfort zone because, um, I have had to shake hands with terror all the time and it's more about forcing me to step into it. Once I'm in, I'm in. It's just that initial hurdle. And mm-hmm. so I think the key thing for me regarding stepping outside my comfort zone is to just register that my hesitance is because I'm uncomfortable and mm-hmm. get myself into a place where I'm forcing myself to take action. Oh, boy. I'm going to, you're going to just definitely be teaching me in this episode because I, I appreciate, well, I, um, I just appreciate the, <laughs> like this perspective that you have because 
essentially being able to learn from being uncomfortable throughout. I feel like, and, and this I think has historically kind of been, I feel like you have a tendency to, to be able to step into that and run towards those things. And whereas I have the tendency to maybe avoid. Um, and when you were talking about your experience, it made me think about, um, you know, staying inside a very small comfort zone, which I feel like I have a, have had a tendency to do. I reckon, you know, recognizing that as just as a coping mechanism, um, that staying inside that comfort zone, staying where it feels like it may not, it, it feels as safe as things can get, I guess, um, which isn't uh, necessarily a wonderful uh, space to be living from. But I will just say, you know, you were talking about having a lot of anxiety as a kid. And I feel like in an attempt to avoid all of that, I just definitely, definitely worked on playing it safe. And so um, find myself now in a, and that worked out for me. I mean, I feel like I've done okay, but I find myself now in a space where, I don't know, I, I guess I find myself in a space where I just feel like I want more or something different or um, looking to uh, step into, I guess, what feels like maybe things that are just a little bit more me and of interest and exciting. And so that comes with a sense of, or excuse me, that comes with uncertainty, like we talked last about last week, but it also comes with that it comes with fear. I mean, I talk, we talked about it um, in general, just the fear of, for me, things not working out. Um, I, you know, I still, even with all this work we've done, I still have that worry of, or that fear of like appearing to be flaky because I, you know, I'm, I'm running off to try something uh, and it doesn't work out. Uh, there's the fear of, you know, just how am I going to support myself, make ends meet, you know, when it comes to, if it comes to thinking about jobs and my profession. Um, so that is, you know, looking at it from the perspective of a coping mechanism, I definitely don't want to, I, I want to say that my comfort zone has worked out for me. I think now it's just getting a little too small. And so maybe, um, I don't know, maybe what I need to look, I don't know, maybe I'm splitting hairs or, you know, just semantic gymnastics here, but maybe what I need to look at is just widening what I find comfortable or widening that comfort zone rather than like kind of putting the pressure on myself to step out of it. I don't know. I'm going to have to think about that a little bit more, but that intrigues me. Well, and I was a, okay, so I've had a bit of a car fear for a while now. And it's because I've been the passenger and occasionally the driver in a number of automobile accidents in of varying degrees of severity. Uh, and I feel like it's a disproportionate amount. And I feel like some of the accidents that I've been in just sort of eroded my already shaky confidence in my fellow man's, you know, ability to act in a reasonable manner while they're driving. Other, I'll give you an example. I'm driving down an expressway, Brianna, it is an absolute freeway. There is what looks to be, because it's late at night, um, large headlights coming right at us. But that can't be. Why would why would a 
giant vehicle be heading the wrong way on the freeway? Well, uh, I don't know why, but there was one. Like, why was that even? Th- that, that is not like in the realm of things that should ever happen. You should never be run off the road by an 18-wheeler mm-hmm. going the wrong way on a freeway. Like, that is insane to me. And I was the passenger in that. And I saw it coming way in advance before the driver, which always made me a little more paranoid. And the other one was like, I was going green through, I was going straight through a green light. And the other person just decided, despite all the evidence of the people, it was a lot of traffic, Brianna, um, stopping at that red light, they decided that what those people were wrong. I'm just going to go straight anyway. You know, and so these kind of things have always made me a little bit anxious in the car. So. What I ended up doing, because I didn't have the money to, I taught myself hypnotism. That didn't work because I was like, I was going to get hypnotized. And then I got a job as a driving instructor so that it forced me to be the passenger in a car. And it also forced me to learn. And the reason why I did that solution was because I saw, I can't remember the name of the astronaut, but he was doing like a little, like a big think kind of video on YouTube. And he was talking about hanging off the side of a space station and finding out that he was blind in space and that he was not afraid. Hmm. And he said what kept him from being afraid was that they had drilled every scenario. He knew exactly what to do and his education and his practice curbed the fear. And so that's what gave me the idea that I should get driving lessons so that I knew more about what I was doing. Cause I never got, I never got official driving lessons. This was back in the day and they've stopped this since. And also, by the way, the Florida driver's test, as it took the circa, like circa early nineties, when I took it, Brianna, I made a square. I, I, when it was done, I thought she'd failed me because we'd come back early. It was at the end of that, when I got my license, I thought this doesn't even feel safe to me. I do not deserve this thing. So I've just never felt like I had enough education to be a decent driver. And then weird stuff started going down. So I couldn't afford the driving lessons. So I started applying to be a part-time driving instructor. And I thought that it would be there be a hilarious story of how I pushed my trauma into an absolute phobia, or uh, it could work because I've always prided myself on at least trying to be good at my job, right? It worked. Mm-hmm. That, and it's the sleep machine. So <laughs> I, uh, I, I found out that I, I have sleep apnea, and since um, I've been in treatment for five months and I actually sleep every night instead of not sleeping, um, it's made my emotional regulation significantly easier. However, even before I got my CPAP machine, I could actually drive without being absolutely terrified all the time. And I was able to do that by putting myself in the situation of one, learning everything about it. And two, eight hours a day, sometimes 40 hours a week when they were shorthanded, I put myself in the uncomfortable position of not just being the passenger in any car, Brianna, I was the person who took teenagers out onto the freeway for the first time Mm -hmm. and it worked because that was so uncomfortable and how I taught the kids to actually, especially um, one of the things I noticed when I taught people how to drive was there was a certain kid that was not afraid at all. And that kid was either really good or I was going to be the one that would have to be very, very afraid. Mm. Like, but a kid who was nervous about it had like a healthy respect for the situation at hand. Mm-hmm. And so I realized, oh, your anxiety is showing me that you're alert and you're ready and you're taking this seriously because it matters. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And it taught me when you're anxious, it's because something matters to you. And from there, all you have to do is get over the idea that feeling anxious is the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Like there's this concept that people think that when you're doing something and you're scared out of your mind, you must be doing it wrong. These two things are in no way correlated in my experience at all. Oh boy, that is awesome. I feel like right now I've got to go because uh, I got some <laughs> things I need to do because you've just helped me out quite a bit there. I knew it. I knew this would be one of those uh, one of those episodes where you'd be teaching me a lot. So that's great. And I think um, I'm going to have to put that on a couple of post-its around the different areas I've, you know, like in my in my place at my in my office just to remember that because i i think you're absolutely right that sense of unease when it comes to thinking about doing something different or new or essentially stepping outside of that comfort zone i think that is that tension uh is what is you know, it's a, it's a show, it's a stopper. It's a, it, it's a stop sign that says, Hey, like, maybe don't go over here. <laughs> maybe you don't want to go any farther. Stay right, stay within your comfort zone. And so I appreciate um, the idea or, or having the, the um, suggestion that that too can be a ref that that can be a reframed thought, essentially, that's um, just a reminder, I'm about to do something that's really exciting, something that's really meaningful to me, something that I really want to do, um, and that it doesn't have to be a um, a damper or uh, something to avoid. So I, I definitely appreciate hearing that. Um, and, it, and I think, um, hmm, I feel like it's, I, I'm so sorry, because I'm, again, one of those situations where I'm trying to talk and think about like this new this new information all at the same time so I think what I heard there what what that makes me think about is taking some time to just identify maybe if in the past not only where I have felt like stepping out of my comfort zone would not be the right thing to do and so avoided some things but also when you were talking about the driving um, example in particular I think you know, an important opportunity for me would be to look back and see where I stepped out of my comfort zone and things went well, even if they didn't work out the way I thought they would, but that they went well. And when you were talking about driving, the driving instruction, I thought about my first trip, my first mission trip, where a girl in my nursing school was like, hey, I want to get some people together and we can go down with this organization to Guatemala. And I signed up and it was one of those things where you sign up like six or eight months before the trip and then you don't really think about it. And then all of a sudden we got our packing list and it was, you know, we were doing our prep um, prep meetings and I was thinking like, wait, what have I done? <laughs> Like, I don't know, what am I, what am I doing? Um, and I got on that plane with just no idea about how I would do in that situation because I had never done anything like it before. And there was a point at which I just had to be like, well, I'm on the plane now. <laughs> like, I'm not going to go home. So let's just uh, make the most of it. And it turned out to be an incredible experience. 
uh, and one that I repeated going back the next year um, and, and had the opportunity actually to coordinate that trip with a friend of mine um, for our group. So that is a wonderful um, reminder that I can step outside of my comfort zone and uh, have things go well and not just go well, but then actually build on that experience to have continued um, opportunities and fun, though, challenge, though, you know, somewhat challenging experiences. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that made that particularly exciting and made it so that you had to be out of your comfort zone. And it's one of the reasons why I kept trying to make myself learn more about driving. And I kept trying to force myself to drive on my own, but I just didn't do it. And there's a thing that they talk about where you, where you're trying to survive and you've got to get over this wall. And so you take your, your water and your pack of all your supplies and you throw it over the wall. And now you have to get over the wall. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I did by taking the time to train to do the job. Now, my idea was that I would just go through the training and then just drop out, like not do the job. But then I felt indebted to do it. And I then I started doing it. And then they I got a couple of good reviews. And then there were like certain students that were anxious students. And I totally related to them. And most of them were women or young women. Uh, and they would say things like, oh my God, I think too much. I, I just gotta, and I was like, no, no, no. Just because your brain works fast like mine does doesn't mean you're thinking too much. What they call overthinking, we just call thinking. Don't even sweat it. <laughs> and I think one of the things that I brought to the table there was my whole life while I was doing things while I was anxious, not only did I have to be anxious, um, I didn't have to be anxious, but not only was I anxious, I had to hide it because people thought that was the wrong way to be. So it was like one more layer of discomfort that I just couldn't admit where I am. Now, now Mel Robbins and some other people say, take that feeling of anxiety and tell yourself it's excitement. And I think that does work. It helps your brain pump better chemicals through your body. I do think that is interesting. Also though, that they say that shot of adrenaline, when you're a sensitive person and you have that, that actually that shaky, like whatever feeling that you're getting, that's like your brain sending out chemicals that make you more alert and make you more aware of what's happening that allows you to do a better job at what you're doing. And so once I got better at changing the story that I was telling myself, and I did it really with a lot of the newer drivers to just say, like the first thing I would say when the mom would be like, okay, she's a little nervous. And I would say, oh, thank God, because if you weren't, I have to be. Um, because as a kid, I'm not, mm -hmm. the kid who's not nervous is the one who scares the hell out of me. Trust me. Uh, you're a smart person. You're taking this seriously. You're fine. And that immediately made them think, oh, I'm not in the wrong. Because a lot of people represent as if they're not scared. And what they're really good at is some of them just have a lack of reasoning skills. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like they, they, they can't fully comprehend what could go wrong. And so they just blissfully like sail through life. Okay. There's, that's one way to go about it. Other people are faking it. And then there's like the rest of us. And if you're, if you're one of those people who is like me, just know that telling yourself that it's natural, that what you're feeling is natural and completely okay. And not an indicator that you are doing it wrong. Um, is is really is really half of the reason that um that you're going to get through it. Mhm. Mm 
Mm -hmm. I think that's great. And I, I also wrote, <laughs> I, I think you mentioned um, the, the types of people that are, you know, how we may be when we're experiencing that. And I heard you say um, that there's the person who's maybe faking it. And I will say I have leaned into that on an occasion. So um, particularly when it's uh, something that maybe I have learned how to do, I just haven't had a lot of experience in it. I do lean into the sense of I'm going to Sometimes I will uh, get out of my, like when I'm working on getting out of my comfort zone, I will fake it till I make it. Um, I'm absolutely down with faking it. That's me all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you just, sometimes you, you go for whatever's going to work. Um, and usually what that really, what it is, is I have the skill, I've got the knowledge, I can do it. I just maybe don't have, a, you know. In that moment, I don't have necessarily the confidence in myself. So I've got to, I'm going to just fake that. Um, so I also think, though, that there is this, uh, there is in looking at stepping outside of your comfort zone, I think, you know, as well as looking at where things maybe haven't or have worked when you have, when I have stepped out of my comfort zone, rather, I do have to be very, uh, I feel like it's helpful to see when I've made an attempt to step out of my comfort zone and it hasn't gone my way. And, and mostly because I feel like it's important for me to see that usually when it hasn't gone my way, um, it's, well, I shouldn't say usually, but it, it, it can be when the things haven't gone my way in the past uh, in that it's, you know, there are things that are happening that are beyond my control. And so I have all the best intentions. I maybe have prepared. I've likely thought through everything that could happen. And I take that step to step out of my comfort zone and it just doesn't work out. And generally, like I said, that's because of something that I didn't anticipate or just, it's not, it just didn't work out. I don't, uh, I have a specific, so I have a specific um, example. Uh, when I was um, in high school, I played basketball and I um, was like trying to step out of my comfort zone and, and just be a little bit more um, like, <laughs> this is, sounds so funny, be a little bit more emotional and not like so stoic um, because things were challenging. And so I was trying to be in a space of being able to be a little more vulnerable um, and it didn't work out. I actually got in trouble <laughs> for being um, like more emotional at a game um, because I wasn't, because, you know, I w had gotten injured and I couldn't play and it was really challenging and I just couldn't hold it in anymore stepped outside of my comfort zone to kind of let that out. And I got in trouble for that. And it was like one of those lessons where it was like, oh, don't do that again. And, you know, that led to some other things. But um, so I think I have to recognize that there were some, when I look at why I worry about stepping outside of my comfort zone, it's not as if I haven't had an experience where it didn't work out. So I have to look at those. I'm, I'm kind of reminding myself, I need to look at those experiences, learn what I can from them, but not continue to let the, like the, the, the negative things or when it didn't work out, color what I do moving forward. 
Absolutely. I, um, I think it's really important to acknowledge that a lot of times the reason why our comfort zone becomes our comfort zone is because we've been subjected to shaming or ridicule or failure that is so painful that it makes it feel, it, it raises the stakes even higher on doing something out of the ordinary. I remember distinctly Deciding I was going to be different. And I know this sounds so weird. It, it could be the smallest of things. I've done like all, I've, I've bombed on comedy in comedy so hard. I've been embarrassed. There was, um, my brother, uh, had a job working at a McDonald's and it turns out that his manager at that McDonald's had, uh, been on like one of the Rodney Dangerfield's young comedian specials. And he said, Oh, your sister does comedy. Have her give me the videotape and I'll give her some critique and, you know, maybe, you know, I can help her. And so I went out and I did stand up and sometimes I did well. And a lot of times I bombed, but I didn't think I was doing that bad because I had that delusion of someone who, um, I, it felt like it was horrible, but because a lot of times in my mind, I'd blown things out of proportion so much. I talked myself into maybe it wasn't that bad. You know how you do that? Mm -hmm. Um, and so I got the videotape and I gave it to him and he was like, oh yeah, I'll, um, I'll watch it and then come back. And I was like, wow, a real comedian, you know, uh, is going to do this. Mm -hmm. And I showed up at the McDonald's the first time and he was not there. And then I showed up again and he was still wasn't there. And then another time he was busy. And then the fourth time I showed up, I saw him, watched him run into the office and then had somebody come in and tell me that he wasn't there. And I decided in my mind at this time, because I wanted to be a comedian so bad that he might've just been busy. And then about a year later, I finally had the courage to look at that tape, Brianna, and the amount of embarrassment I had for myself. And I was, it was so hard for me to just ask for somebody for help. Right. Mm -hmm. And each time I went in there and I asked if he was there, I died a million deaths. Like, oh, okay, he's not there again. I'm going to have to try again. And then when he ran in there, I was like, no. And so much so that I had to lie to myself to keep feeling like I could not handle the level of embarrassment that I had for me in that moment that I had to just mm -hmm. pretend like it couldn't have possibly been that bad. Brianna, it was that bad. I was terrible. The I think there was a time in that show where I was wearing suspenders. I mean, it was just, I've never worn suspenders in my life, but I wore suspenders and a tie. Like I thought I was going to be Paula Poundstone. I don't know what I was doing, but it was terrible. And I was humiliated. And what I think is important about those type of experiences is take a, when you think it's a failure, Take a broader look at that failure because the truth is I did well my first two times and then I bombed intermittently for about a year and a half. And I had people like literally running from their McDonald's job to not talk to me about comedy. I was so bad. <laughs> and the other comics didn't talk to me. And I had one goal, which was to not cry on the premises of the club. Mm -hmm. Like if it went so bad. I would get into my car and I would drive my 1983 AMC spirit around the corner for the club and cry. Uh, Cause I didn't want to cry in the car cause somebody could see me and that, mm -hmm. and, and I kept going up. And one of the things I'll say is 
I could have used the humiliation of all of those instances <laughs> to tell me to just get back to what you're doing. And there were literally people who would yell at me like, why are you doing this? Because <laughs> it was so hateful. <laughs> but I wanted it so much. I wanted to be different than I wanted to be. I wanted to be a version of me that I knew deep down in the inside I thought I was, but nobody else could see. And I was reaching so hard for that. And despite all of those things, I remembered, no, this is what I really want to do. And I worked really hard. And when I look back now, I think to myself, I am impressed by 26-year-old Christy because that was a lot of pain and a lot of drive. And in the big, big picture, she really stepped out of her comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She sure did. <laughs> and that's great. That is great. And I I just think that's a wonderful, I mean, I know it, obviously, I know it didn't feel wonderful at the time, but that is a really just a, a great example of being able to step outside the comfort zone. But I think what you touched on there, two things that I heard you say in that was, you know, what gave you the courage to step outside or to continue, you know, on that path was it was something that you really, truly wanted to do. And uh, it was in line with who you wanted to be, not just like what you wanted to do, not, and I don't mean just, but not um, simply what you wanted for your profession, but like that sort of inner authentic who you wanted to be. And I think that that is, that is also just an incredible reminder for, you know, going after things or stepping outside of our comfort zone to try things, uh, make some changes, transition to something new. I think that's just a really wonderful, wonderful reminder. And I think, you know, as you were talking about that, that really helped me kind of some of these things that I've got going right now, like thinking, really bringing it back to think about what is it that I actually truly want. Um, and again, that can be professionally, it can be personally, but looking at what do I really want and which, you know, if it's, um, you know, let's just say staying in a current job or moving into a new job, which of those things, which of the options, I guess, I mean, I guess first, which one is in or out of the comfort zone? Okay, maybe neither, I don't know. But um, but which of them get me closer to what I'm really looking for, the life experience I wanna have? And I think your example is just a really, really good reminder of that. And so I appreciate that because I think one of the things we've talked about before is this idea of, you know, again, this idea of living that life that we want to have, that life that feels purposeful and fulfilling. And um, and I think stepping outside the comfort zone at some point for myself, I have to decide, <sighs> or, or I should say it doesn't, maybe it doesn't come down and maybe it's not an actual decision. Maybe at some point, I think it, it just becomes what I thought was my comfort zone suddenly is 
you know, maybe not so comfortable anymore. And that's because I'm not actually living for or going for the things that I, that I actually want or those things that I think are going to get me to that life experience, um, that life experience that I'm looking for. And so I just really appreciate that example that you provided um, because it is that reminder of, okay, maybe I need to look at what is it that you really truly want? And then also like, you know, what, who is it? Um, who is it that I really want to be and, and trying to make decisions then regardless of how they, um, how they feel from a comfort perspective, making uh, those decisions that, that get me more in line with that versus that sense of comfort and sometimes what, you know, that sense of the safer option. Yes. It's interesting that you should mention that because I think people make, I think there's a false dichotomy that people think when, and especially like they call it your comfort zone. And I wish they didn't because there's this concept that if I don't take this risk and if I don't step outside this comfort zone, that I will be comfortable. And that is a bunch of baloney. You are the comfort zone that people are in. It's not, it's not called the contented zone, contented zone, right? You're not mm -hmm. feeling blissful and happy. There's a deep rooted, it's that quiet desperation that they talk, you know, that Thoreau, I think it is Thoreau. I keep getting Emerson and Thoreau. I get mixed up because I don't entirely believe everything they say, but that concept that there's that, that life of quiet desperation, right? And there's this, this illusion. People think that if I don't step out of my comfort zone, I will not be uncomfortable. And it is so far from the truth. When you stay in your comfort zone, there's this horrible nagging feeling that you're wasting your life. Listen, if you're content, you're fine. But if there's this feeling like, I wish there was something better, I don't enjoy my life, I don't enjoy what I'm doing, and I don't, that's not comfortable. That's not some sort of blaze, blissful peace. It's not the mm -hmm. peaceful zone. It's not the content zone. So when I was younger, I remember distinctly thinking that as fearful as I was about life, I remember hearing someone talk about like the good old days and they had this weird tone. Like that was the one moment they lived for. And the rest of their life was just them pining for those few moments. And I remember thinking that is so much scarier to me mm -hmm. to reach the end of my life and have never tried to taste anything because, and it's one thing if you don't have opportunity, it's another thing if you're too busy surviving, but the concept that I didn't want to go there or I didn't ask for someone to be my friend or I didn't walk up. I mean, Brianna, I asked my own date out on prom and I got a hug on prom night. Okay. I have, I have taken a lot of shots to the gut <laughs> <laughs> over and over again. And I'm not saying it has to be like that for everyone. But I'll say for every punch to the gut I got, um, I knew that I was trying so I could let myself off the hook. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, it was very painful to not be funny and be a stand-up comedian. <laughs> I wasn't not funny every night, but I was not funny enough nights, Brianna, I can still mm -hmm. remember that panicky feeling 
of what it was like. And then I also just remember some of the creepy, weird situations I ended up in and just all the, and also all the bad dates I went on and all of the terrible things that happened. And one of the things I have to say about bad dates or car accidents or teaching kids how to drive, one of the things I always would do is I would, when like there was a kid who was afraid to drive on a major street and they were afraid to drive on the regular street, I would take them onto the major street and then let them cut back into a neighborhood. And I was like, and I never pretended they're like, so when I do that, will I be ready? I said, oh, you're never going to feel like you're going to ready. You'll be ready. And you may feel like you're going to die. Make a left. Do you know what I mean? So it's just like, and they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, no, no, no. Does it, I was like, do you feel it? Do you feel like you're going to die right now? And they're like, yes, I do. And I'm like, that's you being focused. Now make a right. And they're like, and I'm like, how do you feel now? And they're driving through residential area. And they're like, I feel a little bit better now. I don't want to go back out there. I said, yes, but right now, doesn't this residential street that used to terrify you feel easy? Mm. And they're like, Oh my God. Yes, it does. And I said, that's how you do it. You push yourself out. And then when you stand back in, you feel better. You push yourself out. And then when you stand back in, you feel better. And before you know it, the comfort zone is actually comfortable because you actually have room to live. Hmm. Wow. Whew. Just dropping that wisdom. <laughs> that's amazing. I think that's great. That is that sense of you've you've brought in that zone. Oh my goodness. I don't know really where to go from here. <laughs> um, I think that that's great. And I, I really, I mean, uh, appreciate that. I appreciate that being able to juxtapose the two like the really big things and then this you know two things that maybe are both outside of the comfort zone and getting to both of them so that um one can maybe feel a little bit more comfortable than the other and you're just kind of as you're doing that you're increasing your comfort zone and and that just again i'm thinking back to that experience of as we're talking about this and I talk about things as if I, I feel like I'm talking about things as if I have no comfort zone, <laughs> like as if my comfort zone is, you know, tiny um, and I'm afraid to do anything. And I don't, I definitely want to acknowledge for myself that that's not true. It's not true. Cause you do public speaking. You've gone, you know, you've done the, um Yeah the what is the thing with the kayaking you've gone on you went on some wilderness training adventure thing that was really looked sounded really stressful to me mm -hmm, mm -hmm, <laughs> you know, lying um, on like cold ground learning i don't know um, how to like tourniquet bears i don't know what you did there but it sounded complicated definitely tourniqueting bears that was <laughs> like lesson number six um no but i think it is again it's that sense of and maybe you know, we, you know, with this episode, it's stepping outside your comfort zone and staying positive while doing it. And I think that um, I, I wanted to talk about this just because it's come, it's so present right now. Um, but it is that sense of just, again, I, I, I keep, I'm just repeating myself, I feel like, but it is the reminder that 
I've done it before. It's worked out. And honestly, if I'm truly honest about it, it tends to work out more than it's not. Now, I do have a I have a innate sense of trying to avoid. So I know that, you know, I've probably avoided more than I needed to, but in the moments when I've actually stepped outside my comfort zone, it it, it I do all right. Um and so I think just wanting to keep that in mind and stay positive about uh, stay positive about taking um, chances or taking steps to again that sense of live you know live into that life that I really want um, because as you said I, I I'm not as you know I'm not uh, necessarily as uh, as good as um, as good of a futuristic kind of visual visualizer. Is that the right word? Um, so I don't always think about like, well, what do I want to, what do I want to have experienced or what do I want to see when I get to the end of my life? I don't necessarily, that's not quite as easy for me. Um, but I do think that there is that sense of, you know, I talked about it before, um, I actually do a little bit better taking things in smaller increments. So like in this week, what do I want to experience? Or in the next three months, I want to do, you know, what is it that I want to experience? And then trying to take, make the decisions and take the actions from that perspective, um, I think is going to, or has been uh, more effective for me. And I think that's just one of the big things is as we talk about this, as we talk about stepping outside the comfort zone, I mean, you talked about it so, so well, um, but that's going to look different for all of us, but also the steps we take or like what motivates us to do that is going to be different as well, just based on our strengths and our experience and just personality. Um, so yeah, I think because I think sometimes I get a little, I, this is, I get a little down on myself if I'm not, if I look at somebody like if we're talking and you're talking about how you're making it happen and that just doesn't speak to me, but I feel like I need to be doing it that way anyway. Um, I just feel like it's important to recognize that everybody's going to approach it a little bit differently and there isn't one way, one right way or uh, yeah, one right way to make this happen for yourself. Yes, I do think it's important to know ourselves. And it's interesting because, okay, so there's the comfort zone, right? And right outside your comfort zone is the abject absolute fear. I call it walking straight through the door of terror. And what for me, my, my comfort zone ends, like some people have like a gradual transition. Often for me, it's comfortable death. Do you know what I mean? Like, like just one step over this way and it feels like death. But for other people, I notice it's not just like, it's more of a pool with a slope instead of just like a drop off a cliff. Mm -hmm. But that's how mine goes. Comfort, happy, I'm at home writing a book, whatever, and then death. So um, <laughs> so I always equate it to like opening the door and then stepping into the void, right? And that, that first zone is, and, and I saw like a little graph that I thought was really cool. They call it the fear zone. I saw it on um, scienceofpeople.com slash comfort zone, I think it's something like that. But so the first thing is the fear zone, right? When you get out of that fear zone and you're like stepping through it, even in your mind, like verbally, then you start getting into what they call the learning zone. And that's where you're like acquiring skills and stuff like that, that'll make it happen. 
right? So that's where I'm reading books about doing comedy. I'm going to a comedy show. I'm doing something that gets me a little bit closer. And then they call uh, the next zone, the growth zone. And that's where like you're setting a goal or you're realizing an aspiration, even if it's a small step. So that would be me calling up the venue and getting booked on an open mic or me finding out where the first open mic is and then going there and uh, like being in the room and signing up. And so I think by thinking of it in like stages, like, okay, I go from where I am to where I want to be. The first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to feel the fear. Check. Done. The next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to try to learn a little something to quell that fear just a little, take the edge off. And then I'm going to find a small step to take or a big step if you're me. Like, and, and then you just realize that the victory is in moving through the zones each time. Mm-hmm. And then you go back to being comfortable and you try again. And you do it over and over and over again until it feels more comfortable. Mm-hmm. And what I love, you mentioned something about, like, because me, I always think about my future self and what I wish I'd done and what I'd want to be. Another way that other people do it, and I know this would probably tie more to you, is people think of their values and beliefs. Mm-hmm. What do I value and believe about the world? And what of those values do I want to exemplify in my life? And then I apply those values as the rubric as to what would somebody who values these things do? And then all I have to do is be that person and not worry about the results. But I step through the comfort zone with a a person who believes in this or has faith in this would do this. So I will do that. Mm-hmm. And that, you're right, that definitely is one that speaks to me as far as, you know, a motivator or a catalyst for making, you know, taking action, making choices, the way that I sometimes will think about things. So I appreciate that reminder. Um, Just, and again, that sense of taking it from the perspective of, like, uh, internally, who am I? What, yeah, as you said, values, identity, and then living or, or operating rather out of that space. That is really, um, that's, that is a really helpful reminder. And I definitely appreciate that. Um, and I, I think that that takes us into our mission for this week. But before we step into that, I just wanted to see, is there anything else that you wanted to share uh, about stepping into our or stepping out of our comfort zone and and staying positive while we do it. One little tool that I think is really interesting is if you're not taking action, I call it just changing the stakes. And what Mm. that means is you either up the stakes so that you make it very, very, very important. Or if you're feeling overwhelmed, you take down the stakes to such a degree that you take all of the value out of it. In other words, you either balloon it up or you balloon it down, depending on your level of anxiety. Like if you're just not doing it, make the stakes huge, announce it to people, do something. Mm -hmm. If it's something that just means way too much for you, then you would take it down and just say, you know what? It's just about me going to the comedy club. It's just about me putting on the outfit in my house that Mm -hmm. I want to try and wear. It's just so, so whenever you're having a trouble, like logistically, alter the stakes, adjust the stakes. And you can do, you can either up it or you lower it. Um, but you can tell by the layer of anxiety, which one is more likely. If there's ennui, up the stakes. <laughs> if it's anxiety, lower the stakes. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is 
Wonderful. I that's a really good one. Uh, I'm I'm writing it down, <laughs> taking it with me. <laughs> um, and it just just quick an example that I think that that's a that's really helpful is I had to do a public speaking. Uh, I mean, a fit, like a ten minute thing, if even in front of this group of. Uh, leaders at my organization, and it was very last minute. I didn't have an opportunity to prepare. And so I was very nervous. I was thinking about different ways that I could possibly get out of it, but then I also knew it was a really good opportunity. And so um, I'll tell you this, my session, my my little bit didn't land. Uh, so that wasn't great. Um, but um, I ended up you know, trying to reframe it as less about like getting the message to land. And I reframed it as, well, this was a really good opportunity for me to practice my extemporaneous public speaking with not a lot of notes and not a lot of preparation. So while it didn't um, make the experience in the moment any better, it definitely helped uh, lessen the sting after the fact and, and turn it more into a learning opportunity than something that I would um, that I would kind of perseverate on and and be worried about and have affect uh, my opportunity to do something like that in the future. So I appreciate that um, that tip um, or that tool rather of either heightening or lowering the stakes depending on where you kind of sit with that. That's really helpful. Uh, and so that it shows how you stepped out of your comfort zone by doing it by saying yes and doing it instead of turning it down. True. Evidence, evidence. Yes, evidence. We love that evidence, right? (laughs) (laughs) So that takes us into our mission. And that is just to take a small step outside of your comfort zone. And we would love to hear from you. If you want to share that step with us, we'd love it. Love to hear from you. And now it's easier than ever for you to connect with us. Go to PositiveViewPodcast.com. That's PositiveView, V-I-E-W, Podcast.com. And click on the message icon to leave us a voicemail. Yes, and new episodes come out every other Monday. Please take a moment to follow and rate the podcast because it helps more people find us. Also, if you're enjoying the Positive View podcast, share us with your friends. That is our show for today. Thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Christy Murphy. And I'm your other host, Brianna G. We'll talk soon.